Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. Stay where you are. Do not break the stillness of this moment. For this is a time of mystery. A time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is the haunting hour. In the dark. Midnight. Midnight in the metropolis. Town of a thousand moods and contrasts. Of wealth and lightness and laughter of poverty, heartbreak, and tears, of shadowy people and dark, dark things. Big city, hard-boiled and tender, weak and mean and cheap without dignity, and great and proud and powerful. And the metropolis at midnight, filled with the high spirits of joy-seekers, Revelers who give way to the goodness of living or try to forget the badness of living. Midnight that is brooding, sinister. The sounds of the big city at midnight, the squeaks and roars of taxicabs, the rumble of trucks, the moan of river boats, and underground, the subway, and under and above, the sounds of the people. Shrill, ribald, futile. But there is quiet, too, in the teeming city at midnight. The quiet that is broken by the wail of a child, the rattle of a snore, or, as in the home of Earl Breton, a private detective, and his partner, Owen Bailey, called the professor. The telephone rings. And the professor answers it. Hello? Earl Breton? No, this is Mr. Bailey, Breton's partner. Who's calling? This is Bill Henderson. Is Earl here? Uh, just a moment. It's Bill Henderson, Earl. Do you want to talk to him? Bill Henderson? What does that crooked politician want? Sounds very anxious. Oh, that's too bad. Tell him I'm very busy. I gotta go to sleep. Hello, Mr. Henderson. Yeah? I'm sorry, but Mr. Breton Mr. is not in... Bailey. If Earl doesn't talk to me, he may be responsible for my death. I can't possibly see how that... Let me have the phone, Professor. Hello, Anderson. Is you, Earl? Yeah, what's on your mind? I gotta see you right away, Earl. Can you meet me down at your office? Office hours are from 10 to 2, Henderson. You know that. I'll see you tomorrow. No, wait, Earl. Wait. I tell you, you gotta see me tonight. Now, look, I can't wait until tomorrow. 
Because I may never get there tomorrow. How do you figure? I can't explain it on the phone, but I know what I'm talking about. I gotta see you tonight. Got it. Uh, where are you now? I'm at my house. Okay. Give me a few minutes to get a cup of something warm. I'll meet you down at the office. Ah, oh, thanks a million, huh? Never mind the thanks. Bring some money with you. Don't worry about that, Earl. This is worth anything to me. Goodbye. That seems to be his trouble, Earl. Well, he's probably swindled one guy too many. Good. What do you mean, good? I mean, he picked a good time for it. We can very well use the money, you know. Well, you can start drawing the bill now, Professor. And remember, after office hours, it's triple usual. <laughs> Here comes the elevator now, Earl. If we ever make enough dough, Professor, remind me to move out of this broken-down building. All buildings are pretty much alike at this hour of night. How do they expect one old guy to take care of this whole thing by himself? He manages if you don't rush him. Yeah. The devil has got his finger on it. It's you, Mr. Britton. You'll never be known as a patient man. I hate waiting for elevators, old-timer. Good evening, Mr. Bailey. Good evening. You've got lots to do around here, haven't you? Sure, sure. I've got to make the rounds, you know. How's business? Oh, very slow, Mr. Britton. You're the only two people I've seen all night. Hey, it's pitch black out here, isn't it? You want me to put the hall lights on? Don't bother, old-timer. We'll make it. It might help if you throw your flashlight beam down the hall. Oh, sure thing. Yeah. Uh, how's this? That's fine. Here. I've got the key, Earl. Right. Ah, uh, thanks, old-timer. We're okay now. Uh, I'll be seeing you on the way to Now, if I can just find the switch. Uh, oh, uh, here. What's the matter with the light? Looks like the switch don't work. Working all right when I left this evening. Where to find the desk lamp? Find it, Earl? Yeah, yeah. You didn't take the bulb out of this lamp, did you, Professor? Of course not. I've got an idea, Professor, that we have company. You're a very smart chap, Britton. Who's that? Just stay where you are, both of you, and don't ask any questions. Mr. Britton knows that those lights are not out by accident, but if either of you makes a false move, there could be one. What are you looking for? Information. And why keep us in the dark? There's enough light for me from that street lamp shining in your window. I can see you both. What do you want to know? I understand, Breton, that you got some new dope on the Kennedy murder. Am I right? Kennedy murder? Why, the police gave Kennedy up as a suicide five years ago. What would I be... Stay where you are, Breton. I told you I can see. Yeah, yeah, sure. Seems kind of... Yeah, I guess our visit is a little touchy, Professor. You didn't believe that I could see you. Next time, I won't miss. Now, give it to me straight. I told you I don't like the smell of a body that's been buried five years, and I ain't digging it up. Now, what else do you want? Mr. Breton, are you in there? Don't make a move. Mr. Breton, Mr. Barry, whatever happened to you? <laughs> okay, I hope you get a big kick out of beating up a helpless old guy. That was very tough. Very. Duck, Professor, I've got a... What happened, Earl? Where are you? 
Right over here where that voice was coming from, and he's not here. Maybe he moved over to another corner of the room. Duck behind something, Professor. We're going to light a match. <laughs> Careful now, Earl. Well, I'll be there's nobody here. Who? Who's that lying in the doorway? Wait a minute. Looks like the old timer. Here's his flashlight. I'll turn it on. <sighs> Put him in this chair, Earl. Ah, no, it's too late, Professor. He's dead. Dead? That dirty rat killing a sweet, harmless old man. Hmm. Wait, what's this here on the floor? Let me see. Hotel key. Ah, Hotel Markham, room 517. Think that fell out of the old man's pocket? No, no, that's a mobster's hotel. It's full of gamblers and racket men. Then that means if we go to room 517, we ought to be able to find out the man who did this. You don't find anybody in that hotel. You smoke them out. Besides, that key might have been stolen just so somebody could plant it here. Don't you see that? Then how are we going to know? The voice, Professor. I'll never forget that voice. I'm promising the old man now that I'll find it. Well, what do we do, Oil? You go find Henderson and tell him we won't be able to see him tonight. I'm going to the Hotel Markham. Meet me there as soon as you're through. In front of the hotel. And what about the old man? On our way out, we'll ring the night alarm. That'll bring the police. But aren't we going to tell them what happened? Right now, Professor, we don't know any more than they do. Come on, let's go. Anything I can do? Oh. Hello, Breton. How's the hotel business? Oh, we don't complain. Uh-huh. And uh, who's up in room 517? I want to know. I understand there's a game going on. So? So, I'd like to get in. Well, there's a gentleman by the name of Sparrow ran to the room. Maybe you know him. That's all I wanted to hear. You can tell my good friend, Mr. Sparrow, I'm coming right up. Don't worry. I will. Oh. Uh, by the way, I hear there's a shortage of keys. You still lose many of them? Certainly we do. Every day. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Well, look who's here, fellas. My old pal, Earl Breton. How are you, Sparrow? Fine, fine. Come on in. How's the game? Pretty good. You want to take a hand? Yeah, maybe. How long you been playing? Oh, about 12 hours. Now meet the boys. All right, fellas. This is Dan Huber. He's new in this town. Yeah? Didn't take you long to find this place, did it, Dan? Me? I got a nose for this stuff. <laughs> yes. And you know Harry Jackson, Earl, don't you? Sure, I know Harry. How are you, Harry? Fine. What did you say, Harry? I said I'm fine. That's what I said. Uh-huh, sure. Now, this is Willie Garvin, and over oh, here... that's was... a funny name, Willie. What's funny about it? How do you spell it? G-A-R-B-I-N. Why? Does it sound familiar? Uh, no, uh, Willie, no. And I don't have to introduce you to my partner, Joe Murray, huh? Hello, Joe. Hello. Funny to find you and Sparrow in the same game, Joe. What's funny about that? <laughs> well, after all, you and Sparrow are partners, aren't you? Nobody said for you, Breton, and if you don't like what goes on here, you can shove off. Come Get on, it? Earl. When are you going to stop burning up Joe? <laughs> Anyhow, he just came in a few minutes ago. So we really just started playing together. Oh, just came in a few minutes ago. Where were you, Joe? Since when do I report to you? Well, I'm just curious, that's all. I told you before, Breton, I don't like coppers, and that still goes. Now, let's get the game going. Well, Earl, you taking a hand? Sure, sure, but uh, 
First, I got to get the professor. He's got my dough. I'll be back in a few. Wait a minute, Breton. What are you trying to pull? Why didn't you bring your dough in the first place? I just wanted to see who was in the game. Oh, sure, Joe. He's got a right to know. Go ahead, Earl. Get your dough. Oh, but uh, don't forget to come back, huh? Otherwise, it wouldn't look so good, huh? Sure, don't worry. I'll be back. <laughs> You've been waiting, Professor. Uh, I just got here. Did you find out anything? No, not a thing. I listened to every voice up there. Not one of them was the right one. How about you? Did you see Henderson? Yeah, that is, I didn't see him, but I found out about him. What do you mean, found out about him? Well, when I got there, Earl, there were a lot of people outside the house, and the police were there. Police? What happened? Henderson was murdered. <laughs> It was midnight when the phone rang in the home of Earl Breton, a private detective. A man named Henderson was calling. Henderson, a crooked politician who insisted he was in danger of being killed and that he had to see Breton immediately. Earl agreed to meet him in his office. But when he and his partner, the professor, arrived a few minutes later, they were faced with a peculiar situation. The lights in the office wouldn't work. And before they could investigate, a voice challenged them from the darkness. Their unknown visitor fired at them, purposely missing, in order to warn them that he meant business. The sound of the gun attracted the attention of the night watchman. He came to investigate and was killed by the intruder, who disappeared, leaving Earl with the old man's body and a clue. The key to room 517 at the Hotel Markham. They rang the police alarm and Earl sent the professor to intercept Henderson to break the appointment they had with him. Then he went to the hotel to room 517, where he expected to find the killer. He interrupted a card game, but Sparrow, the gangster who was registered in 517, invited Earl to sit in, much to the displeasure of his partner, Joe Murray. Breton accepted, promising to return soon. He went down to the street where the professor was waiting. The professor had news for him. Henderson had been murdered. How did you find out he was murdered, Professor? I overheard two policemen talking to one another. Did the cops know you were there? Oh, no. We wouldn't want them to know we was interested, would we? Good for you, Professor. But now that I think of it, Earl, shouldn't we tell the police what we know? Well, that's a good idea, except that we don't know anything. They can't find out for themselves. But they don't know that Henderson called us to meet him at the office. And then when we got there, we met somebody else. And it was that somebody else who killed the night watchman. I know there's some connection between those two things, Professor. In fact, if I didn't know Henderson's voice so well... You'd say that it was the man at the office who imitated it? Sure, that's an old trick. The man disguises his voice to sound like... Hey, just a minute, Professor. Why couldn't it be... You mean you actually think that the man we met in the office was the one who called us earlier and he imitated Henderson's voice? No, no, no. That'd be too obvious. The killer's much cleverer than that. But you do think he had something to do with both of the murders? Certainly. If he didn't, how would he know that we were coming down to the office at midnight? He was expecting us. So he must have been with Henderson at the time Henderson called us. If you don't mind my saying so, Earl, it doesn't make sense. Why should this man have bothered to come down to our office just to ask us about some murder case that was over and forgotten five years ago? That's just it, Professor. He didn't want that information at all. That was just to throw us off the track. 
That was why he left the key there when he slugged the old man and disappeared. You mean he actually wanted us to follow him here to the Hotel Markham? Don't you see? He was trying to establish the alibi that he was playing cards in this hotel at the time of the murder. And he could force us to testify as police witnesses that we saw him here. Then why don't we tell that to the police? Oh, Professor, you're slipping. You know the police don't want ideas. They've got their own. Besides, if we don't know whose voice we heard, what can we tell them? Well, at least we can tell them that it was somebody who's up in that hotel room now. Sure, sure. But can we prove it? Uh, I guess not. Well, then what can we do? we got to go upstairs and find out who that phony voice belongs to. But our life can be very short in a place like this. I mean, I'm not thinking about me. I know, Professor, I know. But I made a promise to that old watchman that I'd find the guy who killed him, and I like to keep a promise. But uh, we ain't got enough money to play cards with those people. They don't know that. Well, I don't think it should take them more than one hand to find out. All right, then you'll have to stall. Now, one of those guys up there has a phony British voice. So? Uh, listen. Stay where you are, Breton. I told you, I can see. How's that? If I wasn't looking at you, I'd swear it was the guy in the room. Good, good. That's all I wanted to know. I knew you'd keep your promise to come back, Earl. Oh, why not? This is my night, Sparrow. Well, come on, take a chair. I think I'll let the professor play for me. I do much better when I'm looking over his shoulder. Suit yourself. Let's get going. You're holding up the game. How many chips, Professor? Oh, well, uh, uh, that's up to Earl. Chips? Why, um, uh, what do you say we start off with $10 worth, Professor? I got a hunch. I, um, I guess that's all right. Wait a minute. Who are you kidding, Breton? Since when do you figure you can get in on this game for 10 bucks? That's just a starter, Joe. I always like to play hunches. But you've got more than that, haven't you, Earl? <laughs> you know better than ask me that, Sparrow. Yeah? Let's see. Okay, deal him out. Joe, if I didn't know that you just came into this game a little while ago, I'd figure that you were losing plenty. Why? Ah, oh, you're so touchy. I open. Five bucks. Uh, raise your tent. I'm out. Well, playing it safe, Professor. I'd rather not explain my game. Maybe if Joe played it safer, he wouldn't be so worried all the time. Oh, Joe. Joe's got lots on his mind. I don't know, Sparrow. You're Joe's partner. You never seem to worry like he does. What do you mean, worry? Who says I'm worried? I'm just careful, it's all. I don't trust nobody, see? Nobody? You mean not even Sparrow, your own partner? I said nobody. Oh, Joe thinks maybe I talk too much. That's right. I didn't hear you say anything out of place, Sparrow. <laughs> he thinks I made a mistake telling you he, he just came into the game a little while ago. I told you to shut up, Sparrow. Oh, come on, Joe. You don't have to be afraid of Earl Breton. He's a cop, and I told you don't have to know nothing. He wouldn't repeat anything he heard up here, would you, Earl? I always play it safe. I think you're all right, Earl. Ah, mind if I stand up? Where you going? I just want to walk around a little bit, stretch my legs. Uh, just don't go looking at any hands. Okay. I'll stand over here by the wall. You're going to let the professor play by himself? Sure. Hey, this is a very interesting electric light switch. You guys don't cut the chatter, I'll blow this game off. Hey, hey wait a minute. Who put those lights out? Put the lights on. What are you getting so crazy about, Joe? You act as if you just murdered someone. Put up the lights, I said quick. I'm sorry, Joe. That was my mistake. I didn't know the light switched off this way. Shut up. And you, Sparrow, 
Who's the idea saying I murdered someone? What are you talking about, Joe? I didn't say anything. Don't give me that stuff. I heard you. You can't fool me with that phony voice you put on. I told you I didn't say anything. Oh, yeah? Well, I happen to know that nobody else but you talks that way. Where did you go? Did you know that wasn't my voice? Sparrow, if you're trying to pull anything... Okay, okay, Joe. Sparrow's right. Now, don't get sore. It was my fault. I didn't know. That ain't the point, Breton. I don't know what he's trying to pull. It ain't none of your business, copper. I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry. It was my voice you heard, Joe. What? Are you? All right. What's the game, Breton? No game, Joe. Just a joke. That's all. Sure, Joe. Just a joke. Very funny, too. Can't you take a joke, Joe? Ah, nuts. All right, Breton. You want to stay in this game, get up some real dough or beat it? Okay, okay, I'll come clean with you. That's all the dough we got with us right now. If you let me go in the next room and make a call, I'll get some sent up here right away. Why, sure, sure. You want to use the phone, huh? Yes, it's right in the next room. Thanks, Earl. Hello. Get me Spring 73100. Spring 73100? Right. Who are you kidding? That's police headquarters. Say, have you had any complaints to make? Hold on there. Hey, hey, wait a minute. What goes on here? Just one of your keys. Oh, hello, Sparrow. I, um, uh, I can't say much for your phone service. No? What's the matter with it? They, um, they wouldn't get a number for me. I see. Who well, you're calling is so important. The police. I, uh, I guess I can wait. Well, say, I'm glad you came in here, Breton. I, uh, wanted to have a little talk with you. Alone. You wouldn't use that revolver right here in this room, would you? Wouldn't I? You know, I can do pretty much as I want to in this hotel. You know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But if you killed me now, wouldn't you have to tell Joe why you did it? Well, what do you mean? I mean, wouldn't you have to tell him that you were tired of being partners with him and Henderson? That you wanted the whole racket for yourself? So that you killed Henderson, trying to make it look as though Joe did it so he could take the rap? <laughs> uh, if you're trying to talk loud so Joe will hear you, I might as well tell you, he just left. Ah. Well, at least I found out it was you who slugged the night watchman in my building tonight. So what? Just that you killed him, that's all. Mm, you shouldn't have gotten away. Then you're admitting that you killed Henderson and the watchman? Only to you, Breton. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm going to make sure that you'll never be able to tell it to the cops. See? I don't have to tell him, Sparrow. They know about it already. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> you gave him all this information before you came up here. No, I didn't tell him. You did. You know something, Breton? I'm beginning to think you're a little bit nuts. I suppose you wouldn't believe me if I told you the police are listening to you right now? They heard you admit all this to me? Oh, now, wait a minute. Don't tell me you hit him in my closet. No, no. But they're right outside in that room where we were just playing cards. You're crazy. Why don't you take a look? Because I ain't dumb enough to turn my back on you. Then that makes it easy for them to come in. Drop the gun, Sparrow. Give it here. But it is the cops. But we heard the whole thing outside, Breton. Pretty smart. But how did you get the cops up here? I didn't get them, Sparrow. You did. Cut it out, Breton. It's true. You know the best way to bring the police is to leave a hotel key next to a dead man, and that's what you did. Yeah, but you picked it up. Not me. I just made a mental note of it, that's all. What puzzles me, Earl, is... How you know the police were out here when you made Sparrow talk? Ah, that was easy. When I tried to put through a call before, I heard a voice at the switchboard asking about a key. 
And I just played a hunch. Now, I'm glad we got here in time. Come along, Sparrow. Well, Professor, let's go home. Yes, sir. Oh, and look, if our phone rings again tonight, don't answer it. Shadows and stillness, mystery weaves a spell of strangest fascination, charging the mind with doubts and fears. For mystery is a strange companion, a living memory in the haunting hour.